everything that's happening with our warming climate, with climate, with our climate crisis, harms health. Everything, and it's all interconnected. Welcome to Kidding Around. I'm your host, Dr. Candace. I'm a pediatrician, wife, and mom, joined by pediatric experts to discuss your kid health concerns. Let's jump right in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kidding Around. I'm Dr. Candace, and thank you so much for listening. Today, we are talking about climate change and the impact it has on kids' health and their future. And this is going to be a two-part, maybe three-part series, um, because you know I've talked about this subject before, but we're going to dig deeper into the climate aspect of this and how it really impacts our health, especially our kids, because we have to leave them a healthier planet, right? So they can ha- live a long, healthy life. My guest is Dr. Lynn Ringenberg. She is a pediatrician, an environmental and climate advocate, especially when it comes to protecting our kids in their future. She is um, on the board of directors for Physicians for Social Responsibility, that's PSR, a professor emeritus at University of South Florida Health, and a retired colonel in the U.S. Army. So we definitely all have to say thank you for your service. Thank you so <laughs> much, Dr. Ringenberg, for being here today to talk about this important topic. Well, Dr. Candace, thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here talk with your audience. So let's jump right in and go back and have you to tell us about PSR or Physicians for Social Responsibility, the work that you guys do, and maybe how people can help out with that. Okay, well, let me, um, PSR, actually, it started in about uh, 1961, a national PSR, and it was at that time focused primarily just on the abolition of nuclear weapons. There was a lot of atmospheric nuclear testing going on in our country. And so a bunch of docs, primarily pediatricians, but others got together and uh, through their work eventually led to stopping the, the testing of nuclear weapons in our atmosphere. Uh, And that led to PSR receiving the Nobel Peace Prize in 1985, along with our colleagues um, in Europe. So that was that was a big thing. And then, you know, in in the 90s, we kind of switched to uh, climate change issues because we saw that that is an existential existential threat to survival, to to health and survival. So um, I, you know, I got involved with this probably a couple decades ago in my private practice, I was seeing more and more kids that, you know, they weren't healthy. They were coming in for well baby and, and, and well child checkups. And most of them had major problems, you know, whether it was learning disabilities, uh, severe asthma, allergies, it seemed they were kind of getting sicker and sicker instead of healthier and healthier. And so that, that, kind of drove me to look at the science and see what maybe could be going on because I knew it wasn't genetics to happen this quickly. And it led me to Physicians for Social Responsibility. Um, I co-founded the chapter in Florida back in 2008, and we are still alive and active across Florida. We have docs in Tallahassee, Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, Miami, other areas of the state. And it's not just doctors, it's, it's health professionals, it's just plain old folks that are interested in these issues. And so P- 
PSR's main work is the two things that we feel are the gravest threats to life today and to our children's future. And that's a nuclear event, a war, a terrorist attack, um, an accident, uh, and climate change. Everything that's happening with our warming climate, with climate, with our climate crisis, harms health. Everything. And it's all interconnected. And I'll try and kind of explain that as we go on. Um, but, but that's what really drove me to do this. And um, we'd be happy to have anyone in, in, in your audience to contact us at, at psrflorida.org, or they can contact me directly, you can put my email out, and we will do whatever we can to uh, you know, help them with a, a situation or, or get involved with community you know, discussions or whatever. So we're, we're available. That's great. Thank you for that. Um, and also a, a national organization as well. So something you said about the, the climate crisis, climate change, I feel that a lot of people don't really understand, you know, what that really is. There's a lot of buzz. We hear it a lot, but they don't really totally get it. So let's go back to the basis and, and, and define uh, what is climate change and then talk about the effects it has on the earth. And then of course, we're going to get into health. Okay. Well, and you know, our, our climate changes all the time. You know, there's a difference between climate the global climate and weather, you know, it's, it's overcast in Tampa today. It's raining in Orlando. It's whatever. That's the weather. Climate is the overall environment on the, on the planet. And it's, it goes up and down, but it's interesting. And, and, you know, it's, it's really hard to, to wrap your head around some of this, but NOAA and other scientific organizations have been studying ice cores and, and, and looking at CO2 levels for years. And if you look at all the years before about 1950, the, the, the CO2, the carbon dioxide, the stuff that, that we breathe out and the trees and things breathe in and exchange for oxygen, um, that has been steady. It's been a steady state. It may vary some with seasons, but all of those years, going back 800,000 years, the CO2 level has never been above 300 parts per million, except starting in 1950. The Industrial Revolution, the years leading up to that, our discovery of fossil fuels, coal, natural gas, our love of cars, things that burn fossil fuels started adding to the levels of CO2 in the atmosphere. And then that CO2 goes up and it basically is putting a blanket around the planet. So as the sun comes in, normally when CO2 levels are low, like in the prior 800,000 years, the, the heat could escape and go back up. But now it's being absorbed into our planet because there's so much CO2 primarily from fossil fuel burning, but we'll talk about that in just a sec. Um, but but the, the heat can escape. So <clears throat> it's warming the oceans, it's warming the ice, it's warming the land. Um, and I looked, I, I gave a talk in uh, December, December 3rd, and the, the CO2 level globally at that time was 4.4, I'm sorry, 4.4, 
413.54 parts per million. I checked this morning. There's a great website called it's www.co2.earth. Lots of good information, but it will tell you daily what the planetary CO2 is. This morning, it was 415.46. So in about that month, it's gone up two, and it keeps going up and up and up. So that means we're retaining more and more heat. Um, so that that's kind of the, the, the basis of it. And again, I'm just, it, it's, there is so much science and, and so much data. Um, and, and it's mainly us, quite honestly, it's mainly due to human activity. It's mainly you and me, you know, all of us. <clears throat> and so all of us can do something to make it better. <clears throat> but to give you some examples of things it is like burning fossil fuels, coal-fired power plants, uh, natural gas, methane, fire plants, elect so the, the electrical sector in the country. Uh, it's our automobiles, most are fossil fuel, fewer electric. It's the um, large cattle farms that produce lots and lots of methane, which is really more toxic short term in our environment than CO2 is. So um, and then, and then deforestation, um, you know, we're cutting down acres and millions and millions of acres of trees, um, in, in, in North America, in South America, the Amazon, in Europe. So deforestation is taking away those, the lungs of the earth, you know, it's taking away the, the carbon sinks where the CO2 normally gets absorbed to help the plants grow. And now we're cutting all that down for farmland and things. And then the other thing, of course, is, is drilling, drilling for oil and gas. Uh, we have got to leave, leave our fossil fuels in the ground and, and very rapidly transition to, to renewable energy. So that's kind of a gist of what, what climate change, climate crisis, and it really, you know, it is climate change, but it's really a crisis now because science tells us, and, and there's, you know, there's a, a ton of really good science, but when you when you say that 96, 97% of the scientists in our world who, who live this stuff and really know it are telling us, you know, we got to move quickly, you know, by getting off of fossil fuels first and then move on, else we're, we are not going to leave our kids a healthy planet. And and I just want to, I want to put this out now. I don't want people to get, you know, this is serious stuff, but there's, there's hope. That's what I want to make sure that we understand through this entire talk. There's hope that the life of every child that's born today will be profoundly affected by climate change, the climate crisis, if we don't act transformationally. Mm. Um, so that's got to be our goal. And that means like 2030, 2035 right. by 2050 off of all fossil fuels. So serious stuff. Serious stuff. And that's the hope that we act. And, and that's what your um, charge, that's what you, you have taken upon yourself to do your part with making that happen. That was a great summary. And, and, and that will really make it plain for people to understand um, how serious this climate crisis is. So now let's move into the eight impacts that climate, this climate crisis has on our health. 
Um, and then we are going to talk about these are the most vulnerable populations, but how you, you basically talked about what's happening that's causing the problem, how it's affecting to the earth. And as you said, it's all interconnected, but now how are all those earthly changes affecting our health? Okay, that's a great question, and, and you're so right in everything is interconnected. I can't stress that enough. And everything that the climate crisis, all the changes that are taking place. So we look at temperature rise, sea level rise, increased intensity of storms, uh, increasing droughts, more wildfires. All of these things harm human health. Um, and and it, it, the CDC, and that's a great place. I, I know we're going to kind of list resources, but I kind of like to talk about them as we go along. But the CDC.gov has some great resources for families. And they have a, they have a wheel there that's an impact of climate change on hu human health. And if we just kind of look at that a minute, as, as all of these other things are happening, the higher temps, weather patterns changing, rising sea level, and, you know, Florida obviously is a target, right, for all of this, because we have so much, so much coastal area. Um, and Tampa Bay in particular, Tampa Bay is the highest risk area in the country for storm surge and sea level rise. And so we are really a target area. Um, but, but some of the things that we'll see then going forward, I mean, we're seeing them now. So and we've been seeing them for years, but it's just taken a while for all of us to get here but we will see increases in waterborne diseases, vector-borne, I'm gonna kind of tie those together, um, waterborne diseases, and especially, you know, children, they're the most affected by waterborne diseases, um, diarrheal diseases, you know, they have major, especially in when you speak globally, you know, we're, we have better medical services in in the u.s but but still children are the most vulnerable to those as they are in some of the vector-borne diseases like dengue dengue fever uh we're now seeing that in uh the florida area south florida area um look at zika zika virus um look at the virus that we're living with now uh we don't know enough yet to know how climate is affecting covid19 but we do know that our patients that are affected by climate change and have chronic health issues are more affected by the COVID virus. And, um, and that normally is a lot of our minority communities and communities of color. And so that's a major thing that we need to, to get working on here. Um, certainly allergies will be increased. Uh, asthma, we'll see more problems with asthma. We'll see more problems with allergies. Air, uh, air pollution, toxic air pollution, um, cardiovascular disease. Actually, you know, it's, it's, I, I just never realized this until I read an article recently in Lancet that close to 7 million people globally die every year from toxic air pollution, outdoor air pollution, hmm. indoor air pollution. Uh, even in this country, burning natural gas indoors and not having the proper uh, filtration systems. Um, so, and again, a lot of that is you'll see more in underserved communities. Um, we'll see more injuries and fatalities, you know, direct effects of severe weather and, and storms, heat stress, 
increased cardiovascular illnesses is a major issue for Florida, especially mm -hmm. in elderly, outdoor workers who don't get breaks and things from their outdoor work to cool down. Um, heat kills more people in the United States per year than any other weather-related event. Heat is a big killer. Wow. Um, we'll see more malnutrition, uh, harmful blooms, algae blooms. We already see those in Florida, and that's going to worsen. And malnutrition. Um, the, what we're finding is that um, crops, especially the staple crops for a lot of the world, uh, corn, soy, rice, as the climate warms, the nutritive value and some of the um, like zinc and, and uh, other nutrients in that, those foods are diminished. So they won't you know, be able to provide the same nutrition for people. So we will see a lot of malnutrition going forward. We're gonna see a lot of anxiety and mental Ill illness issues. There's a new term now called eco-anxiety and we see it in kids too. They're anxious, they understand what's going on. I mean, you know? Yeah. Um, we're going to see more community violence. Uh, we're going to have more social instability, um, more drug and alcohol abuse, more domestic violence, and children are going to be in those environments. And, you know, our, our, our mission in life, our obligation is to protect our children. And so children will be living in those environments. And, and that's something that communities need to really focus on. And then, and then the, la the last thing that we're going to see, and, and, and we've already seen it in, in Syria. We haven't seen it in this country, but um, climate issues like drought leads to starvation, leads to mass population movements. And then those populations get into cities and there's not the facilities to care for these mass populations. And there's civil unrest, leads to military unrest and, and Syria is a good example of that. Um, and so I think that we'll see more and more of that. People are gonna pick up and they're gonna move. Hmm. So, you know, again, everything pretty much that the climate is throwing at us now will harm health. And especially that of our children, our elderly, our underserved populations, pregnant women and their fetuses, whatever stage of pregnancy they're in. Um, those are the populations that we really need to pay attention to. You know, you answer both of those questions together and it just, the whole time you're talking, it's like, it affects us all. It will affect us all. Um, but you mentioned those vulnerable populations, but again, everything's connected and we're all connected. And so we're going to go from there to the solutions because I think you cover the vulnerable populations unless there's anything else you want to add about those who are more vulnerable in this climate crisis. But then we'll talk about solutions. Now, what do we do? You said there's hope, let's, let's bring the hope. <laughs> <laughs> we do need hope. Yes. <laughs> well, there is hope and I, you know, we can all do something. So we can all do something. And I know some folks will come to me and say, well, you know, I recycle. Um, I, I, I do some of these things. I'm walking more. And, and that's good. If we all, and I said, well, that's helping. I, you know, we all need to do something. So there are things like not driving as much. If you can get an electric car, there are going to be some really, I think, good um, rebates on electric cars in the, in the not distant future that people will be able to afford electric cars. 
Um, you know, fortunately, I don't want to put politics into this talk necessarily, but we have an administration now that is dedicated and focused and on climate change. And for the and I think this is going to be a super, super positive thing for the country. Talk about giving us hope, you know. Um, we can wash our clothes in cold water because then it doesn't take electricity to heat the water. Um, we can... Um, hang our clothes out on the lines. I don't know if anybody ever does that anymore. I did it growing up, but uh, you know, I'm older. Uh, but if you can hang them out on, the, on, a, on a line, uh, uh, you know, have fewer kids, you know? Uh, so there, those are things that, that we all can do. Get, in, get involved locally with our communities to have more green space, more walking space, safer walking space. Um, we need to tamp down. I'm sure Orlando, I don't know the statistics on, or, or, on Orlando downtown, but I suspect it's probably a heat island fairly comparable to Tampa downtown. It is a heat island. Heat, it's so much cement and cars and the CO2, the, the um, ozone levels are high. Um, and, and, and that's what, and, and, and a lot of the poor folks are minority communities, they live in that in areas of heat islands. They live around interstates where, you know, they're constantly breathing polluted air right. from, from automobiles. Um, you know, you don't see power plants, especially if they're coal-fired power plants or natural gas power plants, you don't see them near gated communities. You find me one and I'd be very surprised. They are where our minority poorer populations live, let's face it. Um, so get involved with your communities. Um, gardens are good, gardening is good. Um, you know, eating fresher foods, eating less meat. If everybody ate a little less meat, that would help with the methane issue um, that, that cattle produce. I mean, there's a lot of science looking at that now, how they can capture methane from, from cattle or from, you know, fracking. Um, that's a whole nother two-hour talk, but, you know, they want to frack in Florida. They want to mm. drill for natural gas, methane. It's called fracking, where they go down and then send out these long tubes laterally uh, to capture methane. And uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense. We've been fighting that for years now, and so far we've been successful. Um, so I, I think the, the, the best thing for people really is just to, to to look at their own situation, turn off your electrical stuff when you can, put it on a power strip, turn the power strip off. Just look at ways that you can, you know, save electricity. That's that's one big thing, I think, because that'll get us off fossil fuels. It'll, it'll get us to solar. It'll get us to wind. It'll get us to all the other sustainable ways to make electricity that we're going to need for our kids to live, a, like you said, to live a nice, healthy life in the future. Because right now, you know, they're not going to. And I, I want to quote something if I can. Just again, I'm, I'm not being a Debbie Downer here. I just want people to really understand this is serious stuff. But this is from a Lancet review. And if, for those that don't know about the Lancet that aren't in medicine, it is probably one of the most, I would say, premier medical journals in the world, the Lancet. And to quote them, a child born today will experience a world that is more than four degrees warmer than the pre-industrial average with climate change impacting human health from infancy, adolescence to adulthood and old age. 
Across the world, children are among the worst affected by climate change. So it, it behooves us, as a, certainly as pediatricians and people that care for kids and parents and really all of us, you know, that's the future. Our children are the future. And, and we have to make sure we hand off a planet that's going to be sustainable for them to have a, ha a happy life and a healthy life like we've had. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think and then the, the, the last thing is to get on your politicians. Get on your politicians. We want climate change. We don't want that old coal-fired power plant in our community anymore. You know, we want more green space. We want, you know, we have to start speaking out as citizens that we want to protect the health of each other. And that means, you know, getting with the politicians and making sure that happens. Because that's, that's right. where things seem to happen, right? I mean, the grassroots, the grassroots can drive it, right? Yeah. And that's why when you said you don't want to get political, I'm like, please do, because we know that most of the health impact doesn't come from individual, uh, uh, you know, the things we do individually. This is this stuff is set at the political, social at other levels that's above us, if you if you want to say above. Um, right, so we right. definitely, unfortunately, have to be political. We have to be socially active. We have to get involved in every sector of life in order to make change. And I thank you for all of these wonderful tips because of anyone, wherever they are, because I know where I am. I feel like I'm at the beginning, but I have even learned some things that I can talk with my family about that we could do better. Um, and so everyone take some of these tips and start to implement them in your life to save the planet and to tackle right. Crisis yeah. and to protect our children and your grandchildren and your great grandchildren and so forth and so on. That's that. That's just to make it plain what we're trying to do here, right? And don't be and afraid so, to talk with your kids. I think that's important. If they're yes. at an age you can talk to them, talk to them because kids are feeling a lot of anxiety about this. And I, I, I hate to even bring up this word, but we're seeing increases in suicide, as you know, in young kids, nine years and, you know, young kids, because there's things that are making them anxious and we need to talk with our kids and get them involved how there's to do so these things. Worries. That's right. There's yeah. so many worries for them. And so everything definitely, like I said, I'm going to talk to my family about this. Um, you said something funny, like, well, I recycle. It was hard. It's <laughs> almost a year for me to get my family on board with recycling. Like the Jedi mind tricks I had to do to get them to recycle, but we got it. So good, I good. know it's tough. And that next series we're going to do, we're going to talk about some of those things with an actual family that did it better than me. But I'm doing baby steps good. and I'm trying to get on board. Like my husband deserves a car, hadn't had a car in forever, a new car in forever. And his is on the, its way out. And I'm talking to him about getting an electric car. Get the test. Yeah, or even a hybrid. If he can't quite right. get away, do the, do the hybrid and use it. If, especially right. if he does short distances, he'll use the electric electric part of it most of the time. And that's right. And so he's like, oh, charging, running out of bed. I don't have to. I said, but we can learn and we can get on board. I know it seems inconvenient, but, you know, and we have a wonderful example in Dr. Kaplan and his wife, they both have hybrid uh, uh, electric cars. So yeah. I said, we have someone to teach us. We can do this. We can do this. So I'm trying to do my part. And I just thank you for this, um, the candid way that you have explained this and, and broke it down for all of us. And so give us, you gave us wonderful resources all along the way, but let's sum that up and get out of here because when we talk too long, they tune out. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I think that number one is PSRflorida.org. So it's PSRflorida, all lowercase, .org. 
or the national office, PSR.org. We have a lot of stuff and a lot of things you can download for your families on you know, how to keep them safe. Uh, the CDC has a wonderful, so it's cdc.org or .gov, and they have some wonderful, wonderful materials. Um, those are probably the key ones for folks. I mean, you can you can kind of anything that has a, you know stick with the science. That's what I, I try and urge. Stick with the science, um, and I think you'll you'll do fine. And we're happy to to respond to any questions folks have. Just send us an email at psrflorida.org, info at psrflorida.org, or they can email me directly at ring46.me.com or ring46 at me.com. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even know my own email. <laughs> all of the handles and emails. I'm always like, where's my, where's my paper? <laughs> but thank you so much, Dr. Ringenberg. This was wonderful. Um, and we will definitely keep in touch. I'm going to try to, me and Dr. Kaplan will be in touch to make our, the practice a little greener, which I think he's doing a good job with that and spreading the word in our uh, Central Florida area. Um, thank you guys for good. listening. Is there anything else for our audience you want to add before we get out of no, here? No, I just, just to thank you for, for bringing this to your, your audiences, your, your parents and, and family's attention. And uh, absolutely, it's wonderful. I'd like to see more doctors doing this. So congratulations to you. Oh, thank you. And thank you guys for listening and we'll talk soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please stop what you're doing and subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. And follow me on social media at Dr. Candice MD. For more information about me and for more kid health information, go to my website, drcandicemd.com. Thanks for listening.